Hello and welcome to this episode of Saved by the Belial, an atrocious Ultraman podcast, the show where we only have three minutes to talk about an episode of Ultraman. After a couple of tries, I'm Chris. And I'm David David. Oh no, <laughs> we're glitching. <laughs> Dear viewers, we're having a night, just so you we know. We are having a night. Courtesy of Prairie Artisan Ales, Rainbow Sherbet. <laughs> his beer is actually affecting both of us yeah no it's absolutely wonderful if you're a fan of sour ales and you're in the kansas city oklahoma area you should definitely pick up a can well i already thought we had a niche audience but <laughs> oh yeah we've no, done yeah. it a little more now this is this quiche is very niche so oh, how are you doing chris oh we're good on this end I hear you just had a, you just like were somewhere else. Yeah, I was down in Tulsa for a few days. It was a oh. lot of fun, had good food, spent some time with the family, had more good food and dealt with two screaming kids in the car for four hours. So that was great. Oh, what a joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And since we choose not to give uh, our son screen time in the car, it was a very long four hours. Yeah. Especially since you didn't have any screen time either, so. I did not. Yeah. What was that experience like, given a long four-hour uh, trip without any? It was good. It was good. So, for people who aren't aware, I actually left my phone and computer and uh, everything at home uh, for the trip. So, it was really good. It was kind of refreshing to a certain degree, uh, just having, you know, my focus on the family. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, next we're gonna do a family review of ultraman all the things your little kids can't see there's some exploding but, head <laughs> you know just being more present and not like i'm having to combat this like desire or this feel this feeling like i need to live text everything right mm-hmm. when stuff's happening you want to text someone and be like hey this is what's going on i'm like oh i can't do that you just kind of have to sit with something Hmm. Like we had some people run off from the hotel and I was sitting in the car with Harlow while she was asleep. I was like, oh, this would be a great tweet. Wait. Wait a second. Yeah, I couldn't do that. But the trip back was good because we gave my son a melatonin gummy and he slept for like three hours. Do you have any extra for me? Uh, I can mail it to you. I don't know if you can, actually. Can I? I don't know. I'd have to look up... uh, Look up the law. Yeah, I was gonna say if any lawyers are listening, you can just let us know. You didn't hear that. Sell the money. <laughs> well, hey, we already we already know we, we have yet. We already know we have the Toy Eye lawyers listening. Um, we've already told them to stop, but yeah, that's all right. Super Eye is probably too. We've just got all of them listening. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the actual show. Chris, hmm? we are four episodes deep into Trigger. We are. What well, are your, what are your thoughts so You far? are. Oh, you're not. Yeah. Some are of us three? are only three episodes deep in Trigger. Okay. So let's talk about the first three. This yeah. is new for you in regards to like the Tiga motifs, yeah. so to speak. So what have your thoughts been so far? <sighs> See, this one's been a lot. I There's a lot that I'm really appreciating. And I think there's a lot that's not landing on me very well, mm-hmm. honestly. So I really like, actually, I've really enjoyed the bigger cast this time. 
I thought um, I really loved everyone in Z, it, but mm. even though it was only limited to more, maybe closer to like four people, but now Trigger has maybe, what is it, like seven or eight? Yeah, there's, um, there's a good chunk of people in this one. And I actually kind of, I kind of like it. Like, I haven't really fallen in love with anyone, like, too too directly like I had with Z, the chance to like people, like, a lot sooner and a lot more powerfully, but... I've actually enjoyed the whole cast, and I like the idea that there could be more. There's more story that could be told from this. Um, mm-hmm. I think the thing, whether or not this is true, I can't help but feel like I'm like kind of buried in a lore that I don't know, not having seen Tiga. Yeah. Like Z was a lot of like, now I know a lot of kaiju were repeated. And, um, that's fine. I didn't feel like I really needed to rely too much on it. And now that I've seen more episodes, I get like some of the stuff that's getting, I mean, stuff's getting backloaded for sure. But mm-hmm. um, now with Tiga, I'm just kind of feeling like, man, I, there's a lot I should probably know. And it's not that I can't enjoy the episode, but I just, I, I have this feeling more with Trigger than I did with Z. Yeah. And what's funny is, I mean, there's definitely references they draw out quite a bit from that original series. But I would say, even only having watched half of Tiga, I don't know everything. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. But it's also because I've watched enough of the show to know that. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like for people who haven't watched the show, they're going to feel like they're missing something. Is the impression I'm getting from other people is like, all right, well, yeah, maybe I don't have to watch it beforehand, but they don't make it subtle that this is playing off of Tiga, obviously. So it it sets itself up differently than Z or even any of these other uh, new generation shows have. Well, and that's fine too, but I I think you, you had made a comment that the Giants of Darkness were in like a movie or something. Yeah, I mean, they're not the same but it's very clear, like, just between the names and the designs, they're meant to be spiritual successors, if not, like, cousins right. of the it's, original three. Yeah. Because I'm just, I'm watching a lot of this, and, you know, you get the sense that Trigger and Ultra Woman dated or something in the past. Mm-hmm. And, it was quite uh, passionate. Yeah. And then you've got Evil Dynaman is also... Like, there's something there. Like, I get that probably it wasn't all Antigua, but um, at the same time, like, Z, Z just felt a little more contained. And yeah. I think, Trigger, I'm feeling a lot of, like, okay, well, I feel like I'm missing a lot. And I know there's a history to Z. They make it very clear, but I don't know. I don't know. It's it's I, it, it's hard, it's hard to put an exact fine line on because Mm -hmm. i can enjoy the episodes i can watch really well but this is just the one that i feel like i'm watching um you know that really that tumblr post that like every time there's an episode of mandalorian and like omg gulp shido is back you know what this means for the franchise and most normal people are like no actually i don't that's i'm feeling that with trigger a little bit so is that a real name no not not a real star wars one but (laughs) It's it just the idea that, like, everyone freaks out every background character in Mandalorian, and I feel like Trigger is trying to get that from me. So, 
Did you really say gulp shit <laughs> That's the name that the Tumblr post uses. Okay. But. Oh, man. We're getting closer and closer into having to mark our episodes as explicit. Oh, my gosh. It's, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the one thing I'll say, though, is um, I really enjoyed, like, I like Kengo a lot. Um, mm. I'm waiting. It's only been three episodes, right? And there's theoretically 22 left. Well, okay, I've seen three episodes and there's 22 <laughs> I left uh, for me personally. But um, I'm kind of waiting on a little more, like, a little more away from the the catchphrases and a little more of just who he is and what makes him tick. Yeah. Because I think, um, was the 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 high school, the, the guy, Akito, I feel like mm-hmm. I know him a little better, like what his drive is, what he's motivated by, like his desires. Uh, and I know Kengo just wants to make everyone smile, but that's about it. So why? Why does he want? Yeah, to make like smile? there's no dad, as far as I know. Maybe that's part of it. But yeah, mm-hmm. it just I just want to get a little bit more behind that. And I think some of the other characters I'm getting. So yeah, yeah. And it's episode I, three, so I'm not really trying to come down hard on it by any means. No, and I I think that's fair because you know I'm completely like. You know, I've been off social media before, but like I'm taking the month off of Discord and stuff like that. Just really trying to disconnect for a month. So part of it, I'm not seeing what anyone's saying about these episodes, but I know when the first two came out, the I, I saw a few people just like freaking out because they weren't in love with it because they weren't enjoying it as much as everybody else. And I'm like, you can't. May like I I don't understand this expectation of like having to have a fully formed opinion on a series that isn't even done airing by episode two. Like just enjoy the ride, and if you don't enjoy it, that's fine too. You don't have to watch it. You know, like it's this idea of FOMO even with shows. Like if we don't watch it, then we can't have conversations with people. And I'm like, well, maybe, but like there there's other people you can talk to. I don't I don't know. There's just something about that. that like. I get it, but we have to be able to think differently than that. Well, the one thing that I'll give people is that, like, if I'm not vibing with something by episode four, I'm probably about done with it, too, if I've even mm-hmm. given it that long. And I, I'm talking about, like, you know, someone's watching a show and, like, you know, let's say they watch episode two, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, I, I really enjoyed it while watching it, but then afterwards, I don't enjoy it. Like, there's got to be something wrong with me. Like, why can't I enjoy it like other people? Or, you know, by episode two, they're like, ah, oh, this show's just, it's not good. And I'm like, why are you doing this to yourself? Just like, just relax, you know? Yeah, well, granted. But I wonder, too, if a lot of people just, what because I've been thinking about it a little bit in terms of some people may not have anyone to talk about, talk about this stuff with in person. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, it's easier to have the same opinions as everyone else online. Cause then, you know, you can talk with them about it and generally have yeah. a good time talking about it. So I'm wondering if that's not yeah. part of it. Oh, for sure. I, I think a lot of us don't know how to be able to disagree with others without it turning into like a fist fight. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting show so far. I feel like it's moving really fast. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I do agree with you about Z because again I've been rewatching it and now that I know what I know about like juggler I feel like that's one of the few things in the show that 
at least Z, where if you didn't know, it may have been confusing, but they did a good job of revealing it piece by piece. Um, so now that I know who Juggler is, I'm watching it and noticing things I didn't notice the first time. And it feels it's it's an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are definitely some moments here with Trigger where I'm like, I don't know. It's not like... I'm I'm probably just going to bite my tongue for a little bit longer. It's been fun. Um but I don't I don't know if I feel it it's as there's as much substance this time around compared to Z. Like mm-hmm. yes, there's more characters and by and large there's a few that I like a lot, but and maybe it's cuz I've already watched Z, but I just feel so much more investment in that core group of characters. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I also don't see it as, if it's going to only be 25 episodes, I don't mind that it's moving a little faster. Because I do feel like Z, for obvious reasons, obvious global reasons, did leave a little bit more on the table. Yeah. And I wonder if, had they known ahead of time that COVID was coming, <laughs> but um, had they known ahead of time, some of that stuff might have been left. And different yeah. things. Because I'm just thinking about, like, the fact that when it got to 25 and it's over, I was like, whoa, whoa, I feel like we've got quite a few things to still touch on. But maybe Trigger is going to have a little more realistic expectations. But the fact that by episode four, there's already been, like, three forms, I'm sure. Like, that seems really quick. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm kind of comparing it to some of these other new generation shows I've watched, too. You know, I just, I feel like those were a little bit more evenly paced. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I could be wrong. So I've enjoyed watching it with Jasper and I'm excited to see how it's going to keep progressing. Uh, not super excited about episode five already being a, a recap episode of sorts, but what can you do? Yeah, that's way quick. Um, yeah. Yeah. The only thing I can think is that with such a big cast, if they start giving people focus episodes... That gives you quite a few to kind of fill in the gaps with. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, the recaps are going to be the death of me if it's going to be another four. Um, Mm -hmm. And I get get COVID stuff, but at the same time, it's like I just watched it. Um, Yeah. This one seems like it's uh, touching base on a few of the previous shows. So, like, I get it. But I'm like, it's episode five, guys. Like... Episode five, guys. I'll take a small fry and a little <laughs> burger. But yeah, it, it's a little harder because I think a lot of people have also been watching that other recap show that's mm-hmm. been going, the Z slash Tika recap show. So it's like, oh, you're going to touch on other shows. So did the other recap show. Yeah. But, but uh, speaking of peanuts on the floor, it's time for house cleaning. Oh, uh, we don't have any new reviews, but we do have some listener feedback from the one and only Kyoe Toshi uh, in regards to our confusion about the Ultra Guard number. So she sent us an email with a picture that said, here's why everyone knows the science team's numbers. They're very public and no good Japanese citizen of the 60s would make a, how do you pronounce that? Superfluous. Superfluous. I've read it. I know what it means. Yeah. I've never said it out loud. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know that feeling. Would make a uh, superfluous call, even little kids. So it's a picture of like a storage box. And granted, this is from the SSSP, 
but it says in an emergency, always call nine nine nine. The direct line to the mayor's red phone. Are you talking about um, Powerpuff Girls? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Him was a kaiju. You can't argue otherwise. All right, Chris. Episode time. You ready? Yeah, let's get into the Ultra Seven. So I did want to. I did want to make um just for for Chris's sake, you know, Ooh. our third co-host, who's yes. not me, and maybe yes. our our visitors. Um, so the, there are fewer episodes on this episode. What was is that? I noticed there's a two-parter that starts off. What's going to be the fifth of Ooh. our episodes? They're like kind of a long story, or is this like a just watch the episodes, you'll find out thing? It was going through when I sat down to try to divvy everything out, and it just seemed like a good break. Okay. Like, all right, last episode, we're gonna have two two parters, and they're both pretty intense. So that's oh, what I've heard. I've never watched them because this is where we get into the episodes that I haven't seen before. Oh, interesting, cool, yeah. All right, well, let's get in. I just thought I just was curious. Um, so we start out on episode 30, Glory for Whom? An alien drilling vehicle descends to Earth on the day the Ultra Guard is set to begin their training exercises with marksman Aoki, who proves himself to be competitive and a glory hound. Kamo, it helps so much. Attempting to straighten him out, <laughs> Dane takes Aoki out to investigate a series of earthquakes, and Aoki intentionally tips off the alien to the location of a magmarizer, nearly getting himself and Dan killed. Ambushed by the Platic, the two transform and fight. This entire episode is so irresponsible. It stressed me out. Oh, I was going to say it's one of the most boring episodes of the season. Well, no, you're not wrong, but it's just like... Oh, no, I was making a pun. Uh, boring. Okay. Boring, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, why was it, why was it irresponsible? Like, the dude just randomly shows up and they give him a shotgun. Like, hey, you can just have my gun. That's fine. Hey, this guy, we don't know. We're just going to let him like jump into the Ultra Guard, like all the jets, and mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. going to shoot at Dan and the captain and not really let them know what's going on with live ammunition. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Well, if he was a good markman, then they would really not be challenged. Uh, David, did you realize that this is really the second, uh, the second Amendment dream? True. Just anyone can be handed a gun and join a secret paramilitary group. Hmm. Okay. I'll keep that in mind if I need to pitch uh, Ultra 7 to people. Yeah, it's very American. Yeah. But, but, yeah, this this episode, this was one of the last ones I watched before I quit. Uh, it would have been... Okay. Was it because of this? It didn't help. <laughs> it yeah, did okay. not help. Um. Yeah, I think this was the second to last one I watched. And actually, the next one I did like, but this one here, it was just, I don't know. Just between the the alien design was horrible. It's like, hey, let's get a bunch of like gift wrapping paper and glue it onto a giant monster. And that's what we ended up getting here. It's the easiest to cosplay. True, true. <laughs> but... Yeah, like this this character, the Aoki guy, he just he's incredibly unsympathetic. You know, it's like at I what that. point can you just be okay with people dying just so you can say like you win this competition or whatever? 
you know, like, I mean, it's very clear after this, UltraGuard invested a lot of money into like behavioral testing and background checks. Mm-hmm. It sucks that it took this to get to that point, but here we are. Well, yeah, I mostly agree with that. It kind of feels like, kind of feels like it comes just out of nowhere a little bit that this kind of episode would come up and it, he almost feels like he's needed to force the plot to move along. Yes. Like otherwise, otherwise the playdick wouldn't have come out or anything about it. But I was kind of wondering if they're going to like kind of comment on its appearance at all, like point out that it looks like a trash monster <laughs> by Alante style. But then I realized, no, I don't think the trash was intentional. I think it just happened to be what it was made out of. Yeah. And I was like, well, that doesn't speak to the most beautiful kaiju awards. <laughs> yeah, that's actually my nose. Like, a word for worst alien design yeah. goes to... All right. See? I just always say it. Episode 31, The Flower Where the Devil Dwells. A woman falls ill after making contact with a strange silver petal. See, I like have this burp stuck in my throat. Oh boy. Excuse me. Oh, there it goes. Dan recognizes the flower from somewhere. The victim, Kaori, escapes from her bed, assaulting a nurse and then a magi before being brought down. The Ultra Guard real Ooh, I gotta stop on this one for now. The Ultra Guard realizes that Kaori is looking for blood, and the reason why is soon discovered. The silver petal contained a space bacterium known as Dali. In order to save her, Dan transforms into Ultra 7 and shrinks himself into a microscopic size to a microscopic size to fly inside the woman and pursue Dally. An award for best episode description goes to episode 31. They did a good job this time. <laughs> yeah, because there's still quite a bit that happens, but I do love Ultra 7's new shrinking, incredible shrinking powers. We get it twice this batch of episodes. Yeah, twice in this. Well, we'll be talking about today. Yeah. 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 Uh, both are really interesting. It's like the Ultra Magic School bus going into someone's bloodstream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting power. Like, there's no rhyme or reason behind what Ultra 7 is able to do. And no. part of me loves that. Like, it's just like, hey, we're just going to be crazy with this show. And it works. There's something to it in the sense that, uh, who was it? Was it Kyle, maybe? Or Alex, maybe? Who was saying that the new the new era shows, they just kind of get power-ups and new powers because Alex. the episode needs a new power. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love the Ultra 7s like the same way, but it's like... No, this isn't a repaint. Ultra 7's not red and blue now. Yeah. Ultra 7's small. And he in your blood. And he, he he's water type and can use bubble beam. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's in blood, so it's like of course it would look like that instead. Come on, man. <laughs> but um Yeah, I just love it cuz it comes out of nowhere. There's I don't Especially after last episode when he gets so cold that it hurts him irrevocably. But instead, he's just small. He's just small. Yeah. Little ooh-woo Ultraman. (laughs) I did realize this episode is perfect for you, Chris. Why? We've been talking about how we're trying to find you a girlfriend. So Uh what you need to do is implant a blood-sucking bacterium into them, and they're going to fall for you immediately. Like, see Mm, the way that she fell in love with Amagi? 
Like it's foolproof. That's true. Foolproof. What you're saying is I shouldn't dilly dally on this plan. <laughs> if I want to find a new dalliance with a girl. <laughs> I, I totally teed that up for you and I didn't even realize Yeah, you that. did. I love it. Oh, I love it too. Um, yeah. And I could, and the nice thing is I could tell who shares my blood type because they were going after people's same blood type. So if I needed a transfusion, my new GF would have my blood. There you go. Did they even mention what kind of what blood type it was? I don't think they did. I'm not O positive on that. <laughs> You're on a roll, man. Thank you. I'm also not sure he should be considered a bacteria. He seems a little big for that. But that's my biology point. That's not a joke. That's my. I heard your phone. Yeah, I got to turn off. <laughs> All right. It's off. Okay. Episode 32, The Strolling Planet. The TDF's space station V2 contacts the Ultra Guard to tell them about a strange UFO, as opposed to a normal one, approaching Earth from the solar system's asteroid belt. The powerful mag- magnetic waves from the asteroids scramble communications all across the planet, and when Dan tries to transform... They have even blocked off the Ultra Eye. Dan releases his capsule monster, Agira, to distract the monster. So Dan runs back into the base and sets off a bomb that destroys the building, cutting off the jamming magnetic waves. I was wrong. We still have a few more episodes before I stopped watching. Seriously, some of these have a lot of semicolons and colons, and this one's like, what the hell is a comma? <laughs> um, can I can I ask a question about the other monster, the other kaiju, Rigger? I think. Yeah, Rigger. Was was that um was that my tank monster, uh, without a tank underneath? You know, it's close. It's close. they looked really similar. Just I was like, did they just give him a new head? <laughs> it's only been a few episodes. They may have. Uh... Rigged up the suit. Oh, oh, it was beautiful. As good, but so you've seen this one. This you didn't leave off here. Like yeah, yeah. Died. I I do remember which one is going to be our last episode that I watched. Um, yeah, this one, it's it's an intriguing idea. Um, only to have like one of the most boring monsters they could have made. Yeah. Like, you know how, Especially in this little streak we were watching today. Yeah, exactly. You know, because as I was editing the other episode, I think it was episode Ultra 7 number two, you know, you had made a comment. It's like, it's refreshing that these monsters aren't just giant dinosaurs. And all of a sudden, what do we have? Yeah. A giant dinosaur. Mm-hmm. But what I did realize this time around as I watched this one is the captain can't know Dan is seven. Like, I, I know there's some people who theorize, like, on this episode, you know, so-and-so figures out, you know, the ultra host is whoever, which is fun. Mm-hmm. I get that. But on this one, why would the captain split up and search if he knew he was seven? He'd be like, he's fine. He can take care of it, right? He knew he was fighting. Yeah. So it's wasting precious time. They were about to die. And I just, I don't know. I just, there's one episode previously I thought that he knew. I just, mm-hmm. I don't believe it anymore. Yeah, I do kind of like, um, Trigger's kind of done well with some of them knowing and mm-hmm. some of them not knowing. 
And it's just like they kind of play with it a little more obviously. So I didn't notice in this one. I was like, that's a pretty dumb decision if you think he's Ultra 7. Yeah. But. Yeah. And obviously the episodes are recorded out of order. So we don't know. I would, I don't think at this point in the franchise, there's really like a writer's room. So it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me if that's the case. But if he did know, and then this is just not filmed yeah. after he learned. Yeah. Yeah. But I could see that. I do love how the episode ends without Dan even reuniting. Like some of these oh, where it's yeah, just, like, just like <sighs> Well, we'll find him. He's somewhere. <laughs> this is the 32nd time this has happened, guys. Yeah. Dan will find his way home. He's like a dog. That's hilarious. Episode 33. The Invading Dead. Not the Walking Dead. The Invading Dead. A submarine convoy is traveling across the ocean laden with the top secret documents for the TDF. Explosions off of Sri Lanka imply that someone is trying to get at it. Oh yeah, trying to get at it. The Ultra Guard, (laughs) meanwhile, is dealing with a wave of corpse-like invaders. A wave of babies. Dan pursues such a figure, (laughs) determining that the corpses are being used as mediums for telekinetic shadows, in scare quotes. When the shadows, not in scare quotes, attack him, he transforms into Ultra 7 to fight them off, but they manage to shrink him down until he can be captured in a glass cup, leaving him there. It's amazing that Ultra 7 can be defeated the same way that I defeat spiders that sneak into my kitchen and just put him in a cup and let him out outside. What? Did you say eating him? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't mean... What else do you do? I don't eat many spiders. What? Uh, Spiders George is an outlier and shouldn't be counted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thought. Like, how could he not break out of the glass? Like, he can shrink into the size of a teeny tiny person and go inside and defeat bacterium. But then he gets put in this beaker and he's just SOL. Yeah, maybe it was like, um, you know, at a bar when you get a frosted glass. Mm. Maybe it's too cold in the cup. Uh, Yeah, because the cold, he's weak against the cold. Chris, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, they should have consulted you on this this show. I I should have been born by now, (laughs) Frank. That would have helped out so much. You know how awkward this show would be? I'm 32 and you're like 75. Yeah, I'd be ultra old. You're having to adjust your hearing aids half the time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, talk about the other uh, technical difficulties my hearing would be. Yeah. yeah. But um, interestingly enough, this episode was like, takes a zombie idea, but not really. I mean, you made the Walking Dead joke, but kind of zombies. Yeah. A it's, lot of people getting hit by cars. Yes. It's <laughs> it's an interesting take on zombies. It's not just, hey, no. the dead are up and alive, but like they're utilizing the, the shadows. Like that's mm-hmm. to me, I think that's ingenious because there's really nothing you can do to them. Yeah. You know, which it is a bummer that you don't actually get to see the aliens in the episode. I thought that, yeah, that might was be curious. Neat. Yeah. But it's uh all in all, it's a very unique idea that again, it would only work in the show. And mm-hmm. that was a note I had in a previous episode that we're covering here is no matter what my thoughts are as 
like as a whole for this show, which I think it's pretty clear it's not my favorite. The way that they handle some of these sci-fi tropes and just what they're doing and being so different, like I can't be upset with that because yeah. I definitely wouldn't want Ultra Seven or Ultraman Part Two, right? This is very right. clearly its own show, and I can't critique it on that. It's just like episodes like this I really liked. The one we just got done with, yeah, not so much. Yeah, and I think what what'll help is when we start hitting some of the shows that maybe make direction they they choose a direction sooner. Like Trigger and Z do have a direction and we don't have so many random piecemeal episodes like this. Mm-hmm. So they have one direction. Yeah. Oh no. Oh yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh I no. just realized part of this was These are- cropped off. Yeah, that's all right. Give me one sec. Okay. You got it. I can. Oh, you never opened it? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving that in. So 34. Hey guys, this was our live unboxing of Ultra 7. (laughs) You should have seen it. You should have seen it. Unboxing of the Ultra 7 Steelbook. He was topless. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) I'm still topless. (laughs) Family podcast. Uh, Episode 34, The Vanishing Titty. I mean, episode 34. (laughs) Did you mean to do that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> episode, <funny> 34. <laughs> uh, episode 34, The Vanishing City. Dan and Soga are on patrol through the city at night when Dan hears a strange sound coming from a construction site. Before he can figure out what's going on, a bus begins firing at him. <laughs> the two give chase and shoot out the bus tires, but it simply disappears in a flash of blue light. The next day, panic takes hold in the streets as whole buildings begin to vanish the same way. An alien declares that its people will be inhabiting the earth for a time, having taken the buildings as dwellings. Oh, interesting. All right. This is officially the last episode I watched because I do remember Dankin. Because I okay. he's in an episode of Seven, uh, Seven Girl Fight, and I was like, oh, I remember this guy. This is, yeah. I just realized to get a Wheel of Fortune clue when it turns from one phrase into another is Ultra 7 Gerfite. So, Ooh. Pat Sajak, you can have that one for free. Um, was it something just like the whole show, like the weight of the whole show? You're like, it's time to time to peace out? Yeah, I, again, I'm, I'm not shy in saying this isn't my favorite series. And there were just so many other shows I could be watching where I'm like, Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I started watching it again as we started the podcast, or like I think it was in the period of we were prepping for it. So I was like, we're going to be watching this anyway. I would rather watch it and have these conversations with you than force myself to watch it and not enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, because the only rule that we have in terms of watching everything is watch for our next episode. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Um, I mean, it's kind of an interesting enough. I I mean, this one in terms of like, maybe as episode thirty four got to be a lot, but I kind of find it pretty interesting. Just what he's looking for compared to some of the other kaiju. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's this is a really fun episode, and 
I didn't stop because of this one. I just, yeah, it was just kind of at that point where, okay, like, you know, it, it's with the, the next episode. I think I got it like a couple minutes into it. Um, mm-hmm. I, cause I remember, you know, the floating cup in the next episode, but like, this was definitely <laughs> the last one I watched. And yeah. I, I love the idea of the buildings disappearing. That was very unique. And I, I actually really like the effects of like the people freezing. Like obviously mm-hmm. they didn't have the technology to really freeze them and having them walk in between. So like seeing the way they're kind of having to balance themselves and stuff like I love that. You know, it's mm-hmm. you you make it work. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the alien, the concept of it is interesting. It seems like there could have been a way to make it work. And but we only had 25 minutes, so that's not very compelling. Yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they played up his aggression a little bit to kind of make him seem like a clear enemy to be defeated by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, but because I didn't feel like there's a lot of the understanding that usually marks the Ultra franchise. No. That like he's a somewhat sympathetic kaiju, went about it the wrong way, but. I feel like a couple of other series would have had a conversation with him or yeah. about him. Episode 35, which has three different titles. It's either Lunar Horror, Horror on the Moon, or Terror on the Moon. Which one do you prefer? Uh, the booklet has Terror on the Moon. Mm-hmm. But then if you watch it like on the DVD, I think it was Lunar Horror. No, but then there's like also that. Horror on the Moon. Interesting. You're right. After the TDF's moon base detonates in a terrific explosion, the news reaches UG headquarters where Kiriyama quickly scrambles with Dan, almost said Don, and the Hawk Don. 01. Karada and Shirahama look for clues. Wait, who's Shirahama? They just throw him out there like everybody knows who he is. Yeah. Uh, look for clues. Uh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Kirada, and, um, Kirada and Shirahama look for clues as to the cause of the catastrophe only for Shirahama to suddenly try to pull out Kirata's air tube. After a brief fight, Shirahama reveals that the body he's using has been dead for two days and that his true identity is that of Frank Zampa, a menace that Kirata and Kiriyama drove back three years ago. Wow. No, just the fact that we both had so much to say right as, right as the time started it really <laughs> speaks to this episode, huh? Oh, I love this episode. I just want to give you oh, a chance okay. to, to, to talk first. <laughs> go for it, then. No, go for it. Yeah, this is actually this one, and I'm trying to remember. Um, the, I think this one actually will probably end up being one of my favorites of this series. Um, okay. Again, the sci-fi element, is super intriguing. The fact the dude's dead, an alien took over his body, and not only is it an alien, but it's an alien that wants revenge from three years before. I'm like, this is, again, one of these episodes, I'm like, this could have been a movie. And it always bums me out because I want more of it. Because, um, I mean, we were like 14 minutes in, and there was no monster or anything like that. It's just sci-fi space horror. And mm-hmm. I love it. You know? And even the way that Kiriyama the way that Kiriyama is questioning Dan, like he should know better, but like, it's just such a moment of dread that Mm -hmm. he goes against his normal, like reaction or impulse to trust Dan. And he's just assuming the worst, like 
it was just an interesting moment to see the captain lose his cool like that. Well, and one of the things that I appreciate is we we talked minutes ago about the way that the Ultra Seven sometimes doesn't have its footing, mm-hmm. but when it when it leans into the horror, I think that's where it's really gonna be. That's where it really stands out. Yeah, I I think so. It has a lot more horror elements than any Ultra franchise that I would have even thought would be capable of. Mm-hmm. So that's really what's going to set Ultra 7 apart for me. Yeah. Is thinking about all of these really unique parts. But Yeah, and I think they balance the different tones as well. Like that point where it's uh, uh, Kiriyama and then Kirata where it's like, let's meet again if we survive. All right. And they high five. And I'm like... Yeah, well, <laughs> it's funny uh, out of context, but when you watch it, you're just like, okay, like they're old friends. Like that's just their way of like coping with this somewhat yeah, stressful totally. moment. Um, the stressful moment of fighting a water gun. Yes, Bulbasaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it kind of looked like a proto like Hetera from Godzilla vs. Hetera. Oh yeah. Um. If you pick it as the most beautiful of kaiju, are you a heterosexual? Anyway. Um, I did love the way that this episode was like very horror-based, and then it's a water gun as the villain. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a funny little... Yeah, and this is the episode where the cold gets factored again. You know? Oh, well, true, yeah. Interesting to see that. So... I've got the next one as episode 36, a lethal 0.1 seconds. Uh, the team is informed of the assassination of a rocket scientist who was one of the top minds on an artificial sun project. After another similar assassination, Soga learns that the man who died was a decoy, with the real doctor arriving the next day, wherever he's arriving to. Uh, Sora th- or Soga then realizes his rival Hirota has the same gait as the assassin. He tries to call the Ultra Guard, but a signal from the phone knocks him out, and he is brought to an alien ship where Hirota's master, Alien Pega, waits. I've got a question for you, Chris. I have an answer. Why does Professor Richter not look like Andy Richter? You know, well, (laughs) sorry. The decoy Richter doesn't. That's, I forgot. I needed to make that clarification because the actual one kind of does. You know, I'm like, okay, that he could pass as Andy's dad. Because there's only two Richters in the world, right? There's mm-hmm, Andy Richter mm-hmm. and then this guy. So mm-hmm. That's where the Richter scale is developed. Mm-hmm. Because of like, how which funny one do you Andy look Richter more is. like? Oh, that too. No. That too. <laughs> yeah. This is a weird episode. Like, yeah. first of all, you have the quote of, but, and he pulls out a gun, this interferes <laughs> with our friendship. <laughs> yeah, that's how I handle it too. Right. Um, As an American, you know, it's like not only that, but like the way the Ultra Guard is so callous with the decoy Richter. Like mm-hmm. we assumed he was going to get targeted and killed. Like, did that guy sign up for this? Like, was there not a different way we could go about this? Yeah. It was actually kind of disturbing how flippant that was in this episode it's just like oh okay i think that's a pretty good point um i didn't quite think about it that way but i guess it is there is always that question of like wait if there's an assassin who's getting a specific type of people that does seem pretty unfair and maybe a little blase 
Yeah. There, there's got to be an easier way to do this. But more importantly, you've watched like Muppet movies, right? I have, yeah. The alien Pega just looks like that oh, yeah. Muppet just uh-huh. without the feathers on his head. Wait, the Uncle Sam one? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I did kind of I did kind of <laughs> see this one and I was like, well, you know, Ultra 7's got some bold choices. It's got some bad choices. And this one finds itself right in the middle of the Henson verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but again, I'll give it credit. It's different. Yeah. It's weird. I like that. So. Yeah. It's just, it's so weird. Because again, it's like... uh the first episode we discussed, like this guy selling out his friends just to win a competition. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know if there's some deeper message is trying to tie in here. I mean, I know not everything is like that, but I'm like, we have two episodes within the course of like four or five episodes where people just will do anything they can to win. And mm-hmm. I think that's a very real thing, but not as hyperbolic as what we're seeing. Same here. Yeah. No, I agree with that. There do seem to be a few very similar episodes kind of grouped together here in this little squad. Episode 37, The Stolen Ultra Eye. A young woman connected to... What's with... Yeah, I think you're right. Like, strange UFOs. What... What designates a strange UFO compared to a normal UFO in this world? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Okay, so a young woman connected to a UFO temporarily blinds Dan and steals his ultra eye while he is out on patrol. She then sends a signal out into space asking for pickup from the Magellan Nebula. Back at headquarters, they learn that the Magellans have already launched... (laughs) It sounds like a band... Like a 70s like rock band, yeah. the Magellans, have already launched an interplanetary uh, missile at the Earth and are abandoning their agent. Dan's only recourse is to find the Ultra Eye before it's too late as the Ultra Hawks find their weaponry ineffective against the missile. Is it bad that I knew like Magellan was like this pretty big history historical figure? And I was like, I don't know who in the world he was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know I should know this name. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, he's, he's done a few things. Yeah, not memorable enough for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, okay. This episode, I love it. I really do. But I'm sitting here, Dan's on his, you know, walkie-talkie phone, whatever. And he's like, mm-hmm. a young woman understood. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, Dan? Of course I you do. I don't think you do. Of all people, <laughs> you should really understand why this inspection is necessary. And then I'm just like, dude, again, like, just keep it chained up or something. Yeah, it needs like an ultra chastity belt. Yeah. It's like, Dan, when has a beautiful woman ever been a good thing in your life? I am so sorry to say that, but... There's not Ultra 7 Minutes in Heaven for you. No, it's either they are going to steal his Ultra Eye or he's just blind and ignores Mm -hmm. him like he does with Anne, which Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) that that, that changes down the road, but, well, that's not in this series. So, um, yeah, this, I love the way that this episode shot, though, like when Dan walks into the club and everyone's wearing the Ultra Eyes and he gets, like, mobbed on. 
that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like just between that and even just the idea of like, okay, it's depressing. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but the ending, like that was very unique for this franchise to have mm-hmm. an alien recognize that like, wait, I've been betrayed. In other shows, the alien would have remained and would have done so, like, you know, blended in, but this one just mm-hmm. could not live with that betrayal and nixed herself. And I was just, ooh. Yeah, it was definitely a pretty brutal in a series that's been very brutal already. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll talk about that in the Kaiju Graveyard a bit. But yeah, this one was brutal and maybe at a more feelings level. Um, yeah. And it's sympathetic. I mean, this is the thing, though. It's it's what I was saying earlier with, um, what was it, Dankin? Mm-hmm. Um, Dankin Dankin, <laughs> Japan runs on Dankin. Um, yeah, I mean, he was pretty sympathetic, but they ramped up his kind of viciousness to like justify offing him, but not in this one. This one, I was like, oh, that's that's rough. Like, I felt like Ultra Seven would want to do something to help. Yeah, but yeah, why you don't too? So I just don't understand why she didn't try on the Ultra Eye. I was like. Opportunity of any. Sorry, I, have I agree to, with that. I have to email myself. Actually, I'll listen to it later. Japan runs on Dankin. That's episode title. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Okay. That's All right. Final one for the night. Episode 38 The Courageous Battle. The Ultra Guard is looking into the matter of several automobile disappearances in a nearby mountain range as a, sl- as a thick thought. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's try that again. As, I'm desperate thick- for a comma. Good Lord. Um, Mill Creek. At Mill Creek. <laughs> the Courageous Battle, episode 38. The Ultra Guard is looking into the matter of several automobile disappearances in a nearby mountain range as a thick fog sweeps in. The source is revealed to be a giant robot, which begins scooping up cars and depositing them in its belly. Get in my belly. Let's <laughs> wait for you to do it. <laughs> I could not. Uh, Dan transforms into Ultra 7 to fight it, but the robot easily throws him off and escapes. Dan recognizes the robot as the work of the Bandas, a race of scavengers, and, proposing, and proposes luring it into a trap with phony traffic news. I love the fact that a traffic stop is kind of like the big like plan of this episode. That's something you only get in Ultraman, <laughs> Ultra franchise. Oh, you're absolutely right. It's so good. But, oh, can so- we just talk about the fact that this was just crazy gone? <laughs> like, hello, you've got 10 more episodes left. You can't be phoning this in now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I'm like, as I'm typing, I was just like, you've seen King Joe. Now, witness his red-headed stepchild. <laughs> yeah, like, Fred, this is like, um, this is like Scooby-Dumb level naming. It's like, we didn't, you know what you're getting from the name, but. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we don't get the name in the show, so I think that's a little bit more forgivable. But yeah, if yeah I had to like, look it up just in case, yeah. like, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I actually love this episode because of how not great it is. Like, it's just so 
out there. So between like I'm sitting here and being like, oh, Dan, you just made a promise. Like this is a TV show. You're doomed to break it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I know where this is going. And I was like, oh, I get it. The courageous battle. It's going to apply to the kid and the Ultra Guard and Ultra 7. Uh-huh. I get it. But and then it turns fun. out. Yeah. You know, the nice thing is um, getting all these cards, cards off the road does mean there's less like Shadow Mans, mm-hmm. Ultra Shadows. So that's probably for the best. Absolutely I do appreciate sometimes the scattershot approach of these older shows does like produce just something kind of wacky and something kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to imagine Z working towards this kind of story. Oh yeah. But no. when a story can just be like, you never know what you're going to get next week. You can do something like this. And mm-hmm. I think that's the strength of the show sometimes. For sure. It's a weakness, but it can be used in the strength way too. Did you appreciate the fact that we actually got to see the narrator in universe? Oh gosh. <laughs> it was so cool. Like 38 episodes later. Yeah, yeah. I was a fan of that. But yeah, major plot holes in this episode. Not potholes, plot holes. <laughs> um, I was like, so how did they convince so many people to abandon their cars? Like, are they salvaged cars? Or like, how did they get so much in such a short period of time? Like, that's one mm-hmm. of those things where I'm kind of joking, but I'm sitting they there. They told them it like, was American-made. Uh, but people, yeah. I mean, they love American-made cards over there, though. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, awards time. Who it's awards time. Who earned your most beautiful kaiju? Yeah. Um, this one... Wasn't really impressed with every single one. Um, I from just from this range, maybe Dankin. Okay, but not from like a he's the standout kaiju for the series, but he's the standout from these episodes. Mm -hmm. Maybe the ones that were like we're just people, (laughs) (laughs) like they're aliens, so they're just people. Okay, okay. No, it's Dankin. Yeah. See. I thought about Duncan. Kind of had a feeling you'd go that route. So I got to give it to Crazy Gone. That, yeah, that okay. little ugly piece of crap. Imagine, yeah. Sorry, imagine piece of scrap. The, oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to imagine how you bring it back. You got to rename it, right? Well, apparently he's supposed to be in an Ultra, Ultraman 7 like prequel manga as Crazy Gone. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's that's one thing that I'll always lament being as an American is on the days when I'm really wanting to get as much toku as possible. Like, oh, trigger. This is why I thought of this. Uh, the trigger commercials are like, it's like there's like three Z stage shows mm-hmm. or at least three DVDs. And part of me is like, well, not every day, but sometimes when I watch it, I'd be like, I'd love to see some more of that. I know. Um, but then you're also telling me there's mangas, there's stage shows and movies, and it's not all available. It's, it's kind of a bummer, but just a little bit. Yeah. How do you feel about the Monster Graveyard, though? Uh, Ultra 7 using Bubble Bean to defeat the Dolly. It's super effective. <laughs> See, I wanted to go that way because it's the funniest, but I had to go for... Um, 
was it Rigger's head that exploded? I think so. Yeah. Like just just the brutality of Ultra Seven. Sometimes I'm a pacifist through and through, but when a show kind of presents me with that, and we're talking about like brutal, I'm like, well, that's it. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> what about your? Uh, how in the heck did it get away without a word? Um, maybe possessed Ultra Seven, still not giving away the secret. <laughs> I thought about that. You're talking about the Duncan episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how did this alien not like use this to expose? (laughs) That's a pretty big piece of information. Like uh, the Justice League Unlimited episode when Lex Luthor takes over the Flash's body and unmasks him in a bathroom mirror and he goes, I have no idea who this is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I've, I've never read any of those. Oh, that's fun. What'd you think? What'd you go with? Like, pretty much the whole episode of Courageous Battle. Uh, Just between conveniently landing by the hospital to being able to disappear and come back in time for the surgery. I mean, I just (laughs) could go back in time. We're talking (laughs) about the Flash. Uh, It's just a whole episode full of, like, what the heck moments. Uh, Just Yeah, well, he's already made it to Jupiter and back at the speed of plot. Yeah, exactly. It's just the whole episode is what the heck. But it's fun. So Yeah, that's fair. Uh, who earned your uh, aim for its butthole award? So this one is a little tamer, but I feel like when we're just going for translations, right? Like sometimes this is just the funniest translation. Um, did you see that they were alien pandas in the last episode? I didn't see that. Yeah, the the <laughs> subtitles called them alien pandas. Okay, and did so you wa- but you I watched it on Google movie it spree, right? Well, yeah. Okay, I've, no, I've been watching um, on the streaming service, not movie spree. Okay, so. okay, because I've been watching it on the DVD, so I don't okay. know if the DVD is the same. Okay, so I saw Ultra Panda, <laughs> and not just like I saw it and I misread a B, but it was there, <laughs> and that kind of killed me. I was like, "That's funny," so I had to go with Ultra Panda. Yeah, yeah, or I, Alien Panda. Yeah, I knew you meant. Yeah, I I, w- I would have gone with that too. That's that's a good choice. Uh, I had a runner up. And a winner. They both came from episode 33. My runner-up is a conversation. How is he? He's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Good. And then the winner is, he's wet. I smell something strange. (laughs) Uh, Which, of course, as I read it that way, it's like, what? But even in the show, it's like, what? It doesn't have much more. Yeah. Not at all. All right. That's funny that they came from the same one. Yeah. But what about uh what about your favorite episode? Yeah, this one, um not a lot spoke to me as much, maybe, but um <sighs> I mean Terror on the Moon, just in terms of like just silliness, gave me a lot of joy. I yeah. didn't you liked it a lot more in terms of the episode itself. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was freaking funny um, yeah it was it was funny and that's what i'm saying is it had that horror vibe to it but it's still funny and that's what yeah i, I wish people would understand that like horror doesn't have to be texas chainsaw massacre like true one cut of the dead is i think one of the funniest movies i've ever seen it's also a okay. horror movie so okay it's okay yeah i obviously that's what i went with so cool. All right. All right, Chris. So I don't have your uh, your sermon music because we had to do That's a okay. different setup tonight. But 
what uh what has the lord been speaking to you this uh past few weeks well i thought i'd channel my inner breed for a minute and i wondered if um our giant squirt gun was named after peter himself <laughs> like ultra seven goes to the moon where he's met by peter who prevents him from getting through the gates just as like people say that peter stands at the pearly gates but really what it is is the ultra shadow is a type it's a shadow, so to speak, of Jesus himself, because he is someone who came back from the dead and makes many clones of himself, just as Jesus himself came back from the dead and makes every Christian a little Christ. So there's all these shadows, and now there's a bunch of little Christs running around the planet. <laughs> I never would have come up with that. <laughs> Thank you. That's why I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> They are very big checks. A dollar a piece, but they're the big no, checks. No, the checks themselves are big. They're just not made out to for a bunch of money. <laughs> oh, that's such a good episode of The Office. The uh, the rabies. Oh, the awareness. rabies awareness run. Yes. <laughs> oh, all right, Chris. What are we watching for our final Ultra 7 episode? Yeah, so we'll be going from 39 to 49. The Seven Assassination Plan Part 1, finishing with the greatest, the hugest invasion in history, Part 2. The hugest. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Saved by the Belial is a proud partner of the Tokusatsu Network, the premier news website for all things Tokusatsu related. If you are enjoying our show, we humbly ask that you would chant our name over at Apple Podcasts and leave a five, five, five star review. More important than the reviews, we'd love to hear from you. Whether it's sharing your thoughts on an episode we covered, if we made a mistake, if you're tired of Chris inching this show towards explicit content, or you just want to chat, you can send us an email at atrociouspod at protonmail.com or head over to atrociouspod.com where you'll find our contact form for listener feedback or even prayer requests, especially for Chris. Until Mm -hmm. next time. Uh, join Monster versus Men's $5 Patreon. I mean, may seven cheer watch over you. When dumb empower you and King Joe bring you joy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>